Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com, we've done your homework. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome, welcome. It's the Jill on Money Show for Tuesday, November 8th. It's election day, so if you haven't done your voting, get out there and do that right away. Really, just get it done. No complaining if you don't vote. Remember, that's the rule. If you have a financial question, however, you don't have to do that just today. You can do that any day. You can reach us by hopping onto our website, jillonmoney.com jillonmoney.com and just click the contact us button. There you will get a form. It comes up, you write your email. And if you want to come on the program, you check the box that says you want to come on the program and we'd be delighted to have you. Mark will do everything else. Today, we are going to take some emails. We always have to clean out the clutter of that inbox. And we are going to start with Mark, who had uh, actually written to us about a Roth conversion. So the original question was around converting an IRA to a Roth, but the problem was that Mark did not have cash outside of his IRAs to pay the taxes other than his emergency fund. So I said, yikes, please don't use the emergency fund, but let me hear more about you. So Mark followed up and here's what he wrote. He said, you mentioned I might consider just taking money out of the IRA instead of converting to a Roth. So here is the follow-up question. Say I took $40,000 this year or whatever the amount is that would keep us in the 12% tax bracket. Can I then use these funds next year to pay for a conversion? I am 66. I've got $420,000 in a traditional IRA, $120,000 in a Roth, no income. My wife is 74. She has $480,000 in an IRA, $120,000 in a Roth. She currently receives $24,000 in social security payments, plus about $4,000 in a small pension. We have two homes that are paid off. $400,000 is the primary residence, $200,000 summer cottage. $30,000 emergency fund in the local banks. We can pay our current expenses with the wife's social security 
and required minimum distribution. What do you think, madam? Oh, I like that. Um, So now that you give me a little bit more information, um, you know, I know that you're not going to deplete your emergency fund. I feel better about that. I understand that you are actually paying your bills. I feel better about that. I guess that you could certainly convert. You can maybe do a combination where you can pull money out of your account and also convert at the same time, because it does sound to me like you're going to be in this low tax bracket for this short period of time until you claim your social security. So I kind of love the idea that we could get more of the money into the Roth universe, again, presuming that you're not burning up all of that very important liquidity that you have on the sidelines. So I think you can do it. Be careful. Don't go crazy. Very happy you followed up because that certainly makes it makes it a little bit more reasonable to consider what to do going forward. All right. This is from Jessica, who says, I'm a new listener and I love the show. Thank you, Jessica. We love that. I'm hoping you can help me with some end of the year cleanup. I'm 33 years old. My husband is 36 years old. We are currently contributing the maximum into both of our Roth 401ks. So that's 20,500 each, 41 grand a year. We will plan to increase as the maximum level rises. Okay. She goes on to say, we also contribute to a Roth $12,000 per year for both of us. Holy moly. These 30 somethings, they are saving a lot of moolah. All right. Let me get back to Jessica. They must make a lot of money. Here we go. We have had the Roth 401k option at our employer since 2018. Prior to that, we were contributing to traditional IRAs. Jessica says she makes $160,000 per year. Her husband makes $145,000 per year. But next year, he's going to be making closer to $265,000 due to a recent promotion. So $265,000 and $160,000. And that means their income will climb to $425,000, well, you know, basically still in the 32% tax bracket. She says, I have about $58,000 in traditional. My husband has about $25,000. It's taken a hit. We're debating if we should convert all of the traditional 401k to Roth, and that would be most of the conversion at 24% with some at 32%. I was thinking, she writes, we could take advantage of the huge loss in our accounts from the down market this year, plus knowing that our income will go up quite a bit next year. So this is the year to do it if we do it. But on the flip side, we plan to continue to contribute only to Roth versus traditional until we retire. Since I'll plan to have so much of my retirement money in Roth, I was thinking that converting the small amount in traditional will not do much. Hey, you know what? Forget about it. I would do this. She says, you know, I can't predict tax brackets in the future. They are saving up for a new home. I mean, look, I think this is what I would do. I would convert now. Definitely convert now, pay the tax that's due. When he's making all this extra money, that's when you start socking away for the new house and for the new car and for the third child. Okay, so I'm saying yes to conversion. All right, see if you can swallow that, but you're going to have to save a bunch of money when your husband's salary does go up. But I like the idea of just cleaning this up now. It does make sense, tax sense. Okay, hope that helps. Next up, we've got a question from Colleen about an inheritance. Oh, she writes, my dad died in October and I will be inheriting one third of his $1.1 million estate. I'm the executor. About 
a half a million dollars will go through probate, which includes a condo, three different stocks, and one bank account. After all is said and done, what should I do with the money? Hmm, let's hear about this. I have a pension and collect Social Security. These cover my basic monthly expenses. I also have about $350,000 in an IRA, $28,000 in a Roth, $100,000 in another investment account, and $60,000 in cash. I own a duplex and rent one side and live in the other. It's paid off. No debt. Pay credit card off monthly. I'm 73, retired, and single. Any ideas? By the way, I don't like risk. Wow. Well, I mean, this is going to be a chunk here. I mean, you could, you know, just add it to your investment account. You know, you could, if you're interested, since you are, if you're, you know, you're in this place where you have to actually take required minimum distributions, you could potentially convert some of your money into a Roth and use some of this cash to do the conversion. I mean, I don't know exactly what your um, what your pension is and what your tax bracket is, but maybe you, you actually convert some of the money that's in the IRA, convert it to a Roth, pay the tax that's due with some of the money from the inheritance, and then you'll not have to take as much money out in your required distributions going forward. Even if you took, uh, you got about three hundred fifty or three hundred sixty thousand dollars. Even if you took some of that money, you'd still have plenty to invest. So maybe if you're really, really thinking being risk averse, that's a very good idea of you know how to take a windfall and use it wisely. And you know then the money's already been taxed; you don't have to think about it. In terms of the rest of the uh, allocation, I don't know what else you have in the investment account. But if you are, you know, if you don't like risk, you can certainly buy some some bonds. Bond prices are down from like almost fifteen percent right now for the year. You could buy uh, a CD ladder or even a, a bond ladder itself. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different things. So I'd love to hear some more about you, Colleen, just so we can um, get a better picture. But I think that could be a cool game plan. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see if she follows up. Katie writes, hi, Jill and Mark. I'm a huge fan of the show. Hmm, I love hearing that. Thank you. My main question is, is there any reason to prioritize either Roth 401k or Roth IRA contributions over the other? I'm 25 years old. I'm just starting out in my professional career. Currently, I'm contributing 5% of my salary with 3% employer match to my Roth 401k. The Roth 401k is with Fidelity and it's invested in a passive blend target date fund. I also put $500 a month into my Roth IRA held at Vanguard, all invested in the total stock market index. I make around $86,000 a year with bonuses. You go. Mm. The 401k balance is $24,000, IRA balance $6,800. Is there any reason to stop contributing to the Roth and redirect those contributions to my 401k and have it mostly in one place? Or is it fine to continue what I'm doing now, splitting the contributions between the two? Okay, so listen, there's not, as long as you're capturing your match, that's all that matters. The reason why many people 
will kind of just do one or the other if they don't have a match. It's really just keeping it in one place. But if you don't have a problem with it, I don't have a problem with it. And I have a feeling, given the way that you've articulated who you are and what you're doing and you're only in your 20s, my guess is you're going to end up maxing out your Roth 401k and then also going back to the Roth IRA. So there's no big problem either way. If you don't mind it, we don't mind it. Okay, Jim writes that he and his wife are retired. They're in their 70s. And he writes, we own our own home mortgage free and clear. We've got no monthly bills other than ordinary living expenses. We have approximately $300,000 in a savings account in a bank. We have been advised to put our assets in an irrevocable trust. We have filled out the paperwork, but have not put any money into it as of yet. The reason we would do this would be to protect our assets if we had to go into a nursing home. I'm uneasy about turning most of my assets over to the control of another person, the trustee. Do you have any thoughts about what I can do with our assets other than putting it into an irrevocable trust? By the way, I get a state pension of a little over $3,000 a month. My wife gets social security of only $475 a month. Thank you, Jim. I'm unclear why you need a irrevocable trust. I have to tell you, if you have $300,000 in savings and you probably own your house free and clear, as you said, it doesn't seem like that's enough money to be worried about what happens if you were getting sick. I mean, that's the whole point about like if you go into a nursing home, right? I don't love the idea of putting the assets into an irrevocable trust and then you don't have access to them. So I, I'm kind of like you. I don't quite get that this is a, I don't know. I, I don't think this is a great idea either. I, unless I'm missing something, is there some other asset that I'm not seeing? But even then, I feel like this is a, a bit of an aggressive posture to take for someone who probably doesn't need it. And since you both in, you, you know, with the med, it depends what the Medicaid rules are in your state, but you know, often you're allowed to keep a certain amount of money and the house. And I don't think this is the greatest idea. I would never do this with someone who has the level of assets that you guys have. So if I'm missing something, please do let us know. I'd be interested to hear more. All right. I guess that's it. That's the program. It's Tuesday. It's election day. We'll wake up tomorrow morning and I promise the sun will come out. Just like Annie, little orphan Annie said, the sun will come out tomorrow, whatever side you are rooting for and whoever you are trying to support. Okay. So let's be nice to each other, please. More than ever, such a divisive time. I really want to stress that if you would like to get in touch with us, all you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. While you're there, you can pre-order the new book comes out in January. It's called The Great Money Reset. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. 10 bold steps to turn chaos into opportunity. So check it out. Comes out in January. While you're on the website, you can also sign up for the free weekly newsletter. Please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple. It really helps us out. And as I said, try to do something nice for someone else today. Just be nice to each other. Please, please, please. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society 
in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. 